0: So glad I came
1: today. You know, I have excuses sometimes for not coming to them, if I'll just act on I'm tired from the vacation last week. Huh? Oh, my. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad you're here to hear the This morning on this subject, here I stand. We sing a lot of songs about standing in the place where God had put a standing on God's word. I remember the first time I ever heard the song, standing on the promises of God my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. I remember I wasn't even saved when I first heard that song, but it excited me. I thought it was wonderful. I was listening to a crowd of thousands upon thousands of people sing it, and I thought that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I've loved it all these years. I still love it today. It's a little song that we used to sing and still sometimes do. I sing it a lot of times. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. That's from from the first song. Powerful, powerful words about standing, where God has put us to stand on His truth. It takes strength, commitment, and dedication to stand. I want to talk about that in this message this morning. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will anoint your words today. You have anointed this service. You are moving in this place. You are certainly present here. And we welcome you, Lord. We welcome your presence. We glory in your presence, and we ask that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will inhabit the words that are spoken as your servant declares your truth today. Let this be an anointed time when truth will ring strong in the hearts of every one of us, and we will be challenged to stand for you more firmly with greater dedication, with greater commitment than we ever had before, to stand where you've put us and not be moved as we walk with you in the commitment that you've called us to share with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to read a very well-known passage of Scripture. I probably will not deal with it in the way you've normally heard it, but it is a powerful message to us about what I want to say to you today. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm reading from the New International Version, NIV, because I think it gives a clearer Statement of what I want to say about this passage. Finally, my brethren, Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil. In the heavenly realms, therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. one thing is emphatically stated in this scripture passage it is that we are to stand firmly planted where God has put us in his word and in his truth not to be moved by the shifting sands of the world the challenges that are brought against our faith the persecutions that are poured upon us. Regardless of all, in the power of the Holy Spirit, with the full armor of God, in His anointing, we can stand and not be moved. So I made a determination a long time ago that I would stand. This week, is the week that I celebrate my day of salvation. The first week of August, the fact that day was August the 6th. And then that year it was on a Sunday night. Sunday was August the 6th on it. Sunday night I went to church. Which was not in my pattern and not in my routine to go to church. But I went that Sunday night out of curiosity. I don't care why people come to church. If they come where they can hear God's Word, God can do something for them. I had no intention of getting saved that night. Didn't even know what saved meant. Didn't know what it was. I certainly wasn't going to get saved because I didn't know it wasn't saved. Well, maybe I didn't know I wasn't saved, but I didn't know what saved was, so I had no frame of reference for it. But I was curious. I'm not going to tell you that whole story. Someday I'd like to. I get fascinated by it when I think back on how God brought me to that Sunday night service in that little Pentecostal church. Out of nothing more than curiosity, and I was sitting there and the man preached the message. And I'm sure it was a good message. I remember it was about the rider of the white horse in the book of Revelation. That's why I went out of curiosity. I want to hear what that was. About why it mattered to me who the white horse rider was. I can't even today, I can't imagine why it mattered to me who the rider of the white horse was or is. I didn't care. I was just curious. And yet when I got there, God had a plan called call to the altar it wasn't a call to the altar because the altar was too small for people to come I walked in through into a little back room and I've shown you pictures of this very spot when I went up to that home church a while back and took pictures, I was showing you a picture of that very spot I remember right now to the spot the time at the close of that Sunday night service on that August 6 hot summer evening no air conditioning in that church, there wasn't air conditioning in very many places at all in those years So I went in there and I fell down before the Lord at that old rockety, rickety metal chair, and I started crying out to God. I don't know that I was saying "save me" because I don't know. I don't know that I knew what I was praying about. You know, you don't have to know very much to be saved. (laughs) You can be the most spiritually ignorant person in the in, in the whole county and get saved. You're ready to give up to God, and you're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and you say, yes, Lord, whatever it is is going on, do it to me. You can get saved. Now, I grant you it's good to learn more about it as you go along, but there's no prerequisite to being saved except being willing to cry out to God to help you and forgive you. So I gave my heart to the Lord that night, and and, and and I started out knowing this much. I didn't know a lot, but I knew this much. I knew I needed to take a stand because I knew that my life was different from that time on. It's been different ever since. So I took a stand. And I won't say to you that I've always been absolutely, totally, firmly planted in that stand. I won't say my feet have never shifted. I won't say I've never missed a mark on the pathway God called me to. I'm sure that I have. But I will say this much. After all these years, after all this time, It's still good today. It still holds true today. What God did in that little boy's life, that young boy's life, all those years ago, what God did then is still good today because the grace of God never weakens. The power of God never diminishes. When God saves you, if you live for Him and serve Him and stand for Him, you are saved. Hallelujah. And nothing can change that. As long as you want to walk with God, He will take you. So I decided then I'd stand on his word. You talk about somebody who knew nothing about the Bible. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I remember one time when I was in Bible, I went to vacation Bible school the summer that I got saved. And they called on everyone to say a scripture verse. Well, I didn't know a scripture verse. I mean, I didn't know John 316. I- So when it came time to me, I was thinking, what am I going to say, what am I going to say? And it was coming around, it was coming around, coming around the circle of all the boys and girls had a scripture verse. And I'm thinking, what can I say? I'm being embarrassed. And when it got to me, I said, isn't there a scripture verse somewhere that says Jesus wept? (laughs) And the teacher said, yes, there is, Billy. Yes, there is. That's good you so nice. (laughs) I wasn't even sure it was there. I'd heard it somewhere. Two words, Jesus will. But listen, friend, I'm telling you, the point is to take a stand. When God saves you, you don't take a stand on knowledge. You don't take a stand on your own understanding. You don't take a stand on your own wisdom. You don't take a stand on your family connections. You don't take a stand on anything except what God does and what God says. And you stand on God's Word. When you take a stand, you're on God's Word. You firmly plant yourself in God's Word. You'll grow, you'll develop, you'll get stronger and stronger. But you will stand when you make God's Word your foundation. So His promises never fail. I've heard very few people, I have heard one or two people, Say, I'm not going to walk with the Lord anymore. He's failed me. I've heard one or two people say that. Didn't believe it. Don't believe it now. But I know this. I've been at this a long time. I've been at this a lot of years. And every time I've seen failure in my life, it's been me failing God, not God failing me. He's never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. So I can stand on that firm foundation of His Word. When he says, he will be true to me, I know he will. I want to be true to him in every way. But any time that there's been a failure, it's been my failure, not God's. Because God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, who becomes real in your life, does not fail you, will not fail you, cannot fail you, because he's not a God who fails. He's a God of victory. I'll stand on His Word. I'll stand on His Word today. The world challenges it. People can deny it. They can say it's a myth. They can say it's a fable. It doesn't matter what people say about it. It doesn't change the reality. It's still God's Word. So I'm going to stand on that Word. And I'm going to stand by faith. Sometimes it takes faith to stand where God puts (laughs) you. Moses was leading the children of Israel from the bondage of Egypt, crossing to the land of promise where God has sent them. And they came to the Red Sea. By now Pharaoh had changed his mind and was pursuing them, intending to kill them or bring them back into slavery. So here's Moses standing at the Red Sea, Unable to lead those hundreds of thousands of people across. And the armies of Pharaoh bearing down upon him. And does God tell him to counsel those people to pull out their weapons and get ready to fight? No. No. God says to Moses, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> so Moses stood there. The is getting closer. God knows the exact time he's standing there by faith. He had nothing else to say. God told him he stands there by faith. He's holding the rod that God told him to hold. But he has nothing to hold him up there but faith. He stands there by faith. Faith doesn't keep him from hearing the armies coming down upon him behind. Faith doesn't keep him from seeing the Red Sea spread out there before him too deep to cross over. All of that's right there. But what he does here, ringing in his heart, ringing in his, ear, it is in his mind, ringing in his spirit, he hears God's word. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes, friends, that's what you've got to do. You've got to be right there where everything's bearing down upon you, everything's crashing in, the world is tumbling in, and you can't see any way out. Here's the way out. Do what God says. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When you can't work your way out, God knows the way out. When you can't get through your trial, God knows the way out of your trial. When you can't come out of your sickness, God knows the healing for your sickness. He knows. And if you'll stand in faith in Him, He will bring you out to victory. Here I stand, and I will not be moved. By faith in Him, I stand on His word. So when fear comes to knock at your door, send faith to answer. You've got to stand. you got to take this stand by faith, friends. Sometimes I think our, I think our worst enemy, even more than fear, might be confusion, because, of course, fear leads to confusion. Our enemy cannot enter into our lives unless we open the door and allow him to. I'm going to say something very, very plain and simple, very elementary. If you've got habits that give entree to the devil in your life, you're going to have to get the power of God to help you change them. Because as long as you keep doing things that give the devil an entry, he's going to take that entry and he's going to control your life. So it, 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 I could name all kinds of things. The only reason I don't is I'm afraid I might leave out one or two and some of you say, oh, well, that's okay for me to keep doing that. So I'm I'm not going to name them. But I'm going to tell you, you know what it is. You already know right now. As soon as I said that, you thought of something. You said, oh, I need to give that up. I need to quit that. Oh, God, help me stop that. You know what it is. And you know that by the power of God, with the help of God, and by the grace of God, you can give it up. You think you can't in the natural, but by faith you know that you can if you will. It won't happen unless you decide you're going to do it. If you decide you're going to stop that that thing I'm not naming, but I do know what it is, not, not for every single one of you. I know enough general things. I can name all kinds of things. And you know what you need to change to have victory with the Lord, don't you? You do know. And right now, if you make up your mind before this service is over, I'm going to get in the presence of God. I'm going to say, yes, Lord, I'll give it up. Yes, Lord, I'll change. Yes, Lord, I'll take a new way. Yes, God, I'll do it differently. And you say, yes, 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 Lord. He'll say yes back to you. You're free. He'll give that to you in this power. So... I'm going to stand by faith. If you violate your conscience, you do what you know is wrong, you find no victory in that. You're just giving the enemy a way into your life. So stand by faith. And I am going to stand in God's provision because God makes a way to help me stand when I'm too weak to stand on my own. I'm going to stand in God's provision. I thank God for his... That's what, that's what Paul's writing to the Ephesians about. He said, God will make a way for you to stand. Take the whole armor of God on you. Take all of these elements of the armor of God. You'll be strengthened to be able to stand. And, and no matter what else happens, having done all, he said, stand. Stand. Don't give up. Don't shrink. Don't fall away. Stand. You know, sometimes the Lord will come to you at a time in your life and he'll tell you, you need to stand right here, and that's the last thing you want to do. The reason I know that is I've had it happen to me. Sometimes, you know, I tell you things about experiences of my life as I started off this message with a little, one of those things. I'm going to tell you another thing. right Now, now some of you have heard me tell this before, but just be charitable and realize I'm not telling it because I don't think I've ever told it before. I know I have, but there are a lot of people here who haven't heard it, even though you may have heard it three times. <laughs> Back when I was up uh, between my first and second year of college, I needed to work to go to college, and I was working in a detestable job. I mean, I hated that job. I never say thank you, Lord, for this job. I despise so much. Thank you for giving me this job so I can make money to go to school. I wasn't that advanced. I just said, oh, God, get me another job. And not only that, Lord, let me remind you of this. You called me to preach, and this is not the job for a preacher. The job was this. They brought these huge semi-trailers up to this back door of this company that manufactured ammunition boxes. The boxes weighed about 70, I don't remember, 50, 75 pounds. They were heavy, anyway. By the time you loaded a lot of them in the heat, and somebody had to have the job being inside the truck, they tried to rotate it, put somebody in, it, take them out after a while, put them back in. But whether you were inside or out, it was hot and grimy. And you had to pick those old boxes up by the ropes. They made handles on the ends of them with the ropes. You had to pick them up and handle them up on the truck. If you are in the truck, you had to take them and slide them and put them in place in the back of the truck. And I was called to preach. And I knew that was not God's will for me. And every sweat drop that poured off of me and ran down my face and down my body, I was convinced more and more and more I've missed the will of God. I'm not supposed to be here. And all my friends that said they wanted me to come and preach for them, not one of them asked me to come and preach this summer preach. I've got a Bible. (laughs) And And God just kept on letting me load those boxes. And I prayed about it. Folks, I mean, I am telling you, i prayed, but I can tell you three different times in my life I prayed, oh God, get me out of this. Never prayed that about my marriage. But I prayed about my circumstances, and this was one of those three times—one of those big three times—I prayed, God, I want to quit this. I'm ready to quit. I couldn't. I needed the money. God didn't give me anything else to do. I thought, you know, if I got—if I could go out and preach and tell people I'm going to college to study to be a preacher, they'd give good offerings. But I couldn't get into the churches for anybody to hear me. So I'm just dragging along. Now I'm talking about standing. I didn't quit. I'll say that. I didn't quit. I I kept on going. But I prayed and I prayed and finally I said, oh God, you have got to speak to me about this. I can't stand this any longer. I cannot stand this. I know I'm not where you want me to be. Show me your will, oh God. Have you ever prayed that? God, this is not, this cannot be your will. I can't, I can't be in your will. You can't be wanting me to do this. You can't be wanting me to live like this. I know this is not your will. God, show me your will. Show me your will, Lord. And one night I was praying that very thing. I was down by my bedside with a little lamp turned on in my Bible, opened in front of me. I opened my Bible on the little bedside there in front of me, and I, oh, God, get me out of this job. Lord, open doors for me to And I opened my Bible, 2 Thessalonians, and I, right there in front of me, it's like it's like you ever found a scripture that just seemed like everything else was dark around him, there's bright light shining. On them? That's what I saw. That's all I saw. That's all I saw. And then I saw the words, "Rejoice evermore." Whoa, I wasn't rejoicing much. In everything, give thanks. I wouldn't give much thanks either. But then it said, the kicker. It said. Thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Could just quit before it said concerning you. I might have been off but I said, "Oh God, wait a minute." And I really it again, said the same thing. I really it again, said the same thing. No matter how much I read it, it didn't change. I finally got up off my knees. And I continue to this very day, I am happy that I did this. I got up off my knees and I said, Lord, I don't know what your purpose is, but I will do what you have told me to do. I didn't say I'll go, I didn't go out and load the mission box. I think I was still thinking that God would bring me back over there now that I said, yes, they'd move me up to a different level and a cooler place. But he didn't do that. The rest of that summer, I loaded those boxes. Every box, I think back on it now, everyone that I loaded, I learned something. I learned if I would hold on to God and do what God wants me to do, even though it seemed unpleasant at the time, if I'll do what God wants me to do, God has a way of working his purpose. The following summer, I had invitations to preach, and from then on, I will have to say, and I say it thankfully and gratefully and humbly, for the rest of that time, the rest of my life, in fact, I've never had a lack of any place to preach. I followed God. I stood where God told me to stand, where I didn't want to stand, but I stood right there. And I followed God, and when I, when I finished college, finished my first degree in college, I, I had invitations to preach. Back in those days, you needed a backup job, you know, because preaching didn't pay much. Well, a lot of now, everything hasn't changed, but i um, <laughs> just kidding so it didn't pay much so you need a backup job so I had a teaching degree and I had a job teaching in a high school and in the middle of the summer after I finished college in the middle of the summer God spoke to me and said now I've called you to preach I'm going to make a way for you but you've got to follow me you're not a teacher you're a preacher not a teacher in public schools; you're a preacher so I said okay Lord I'm going a little further than I plan to tell you this morning, but I'm going to tell you how this came about and why it was such a value. I just bought a car. First time I'd ever had a car payment because I thought I was going to be teaching, getting a, 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 a check from the county for the teaching. And I just bought a car. And I said, well, Lord, I've got all these obligations. Now you want me to give up that job? And the Lord said, yes, I want you to give up that job. So I gave I called the principal and apologized to him so profusely. I'm so sorry. I told him why. He knew that I was a preacher, because I had called there one half of the year before while I was when I finished college earlier. He knew that I was a preacher. So I said, Well, I just you know, I you know I'm a preacher and God's told me that I'm supposed to preach and, and not teach in school. And so he accepted that and said he was sorry if I ever won the job, you know, I was a good teacher, he'd take me back. And I thought I might, I didn't know. But from that time on, from that day forward, folks, I've never liked for a place to preach. When I was preaching revivals and all the revivals that I needed or wanted to preach, I never had to go ask for meetings. I never had to go ask for anything. People came to me and asked me to come and preach for them. I don't say that for me; I say that for God, because—and I believe to this day—the reason that I have, when I became a pastor of a church, I became a full-time pastor. And as always, from that time on as a pastor of a church, I was a full-time pastor. And I believe that for this day, it was because when God said, I want you to stand right where you are, I want you to stand, this is where you stand now. When I did what God told me to do, God took my life in his hands and put his plan into effect. And God put me in a place to preach the gospel, every more places than I could go to, more invitations than I could handle, go out and preach in revivals and then becoming a pastor and all the way through. I've never from that day till this day had to turn any other direction other than preaching the gospel, doing what God has called me to do. And in God's own miraculous way, that's how I wound up here. Surprisingly and unexpected, that's how I wound up here. Because God, when you say, I will stand when you tell me to stand, I will obey when you tell me to obey. I'll follow you where you stay. And I'll accept it, Lord, and I'll accept it as your will for me. When you do that, God has a way of opening doors to you that, for you that you could never imagine. He opens pathways that you could never see on your own. God develops his plan. It's true, we have to stay with it all the way through. It's not a one-time thing. We have to stay with it all the way through. But when we do, God honors us and God shows us how valuable it is that we will take a stand and hold that stand for him. Here I stand. I cannot move off God's word. I cannot move out of faith. I'm going to have to follow God. And God says right now, stand. Sometimes you don't know what the next step is, but your answer is always stand in the power of God and believe in God's plan for your obedience, and he will lead you to the very next step, into the place that he wants you to be. God knows where you need to be next before you know it. And if you stand raised, he's put you now, he'll bring you to that place. Sometimes you know the Lord just leads you to say a little bit more about something that than you plan to say. So I just say this to tell you, you may have heard something this morning that that, that 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 God put in this message for you. God put this message out for you. I don't know what it is, but I'm just saying I know how this how different this is from what I had in my plans and my notes to preach. And so being that being the case, I ask you that whatever you've heard. That's quickened in your heart today. Let that be by the Holy Spirit. And decide we're going to stand. We're going to stand for Him. I'm going to stand in God's Word and on God's Word. I made that decision a long, long time ago. I'm going to tell you one more really quick thing about standing for God. Another thing that I've told you before, but same reason. But I gave it up earlier. I was a senior in high school, and, and in, as a senior in high school, I had become known as a Christian. I was very active in my high school, in the leadership role in my high school. and but I was known to be a Christian, everybody knew that I was a Christian. Everybody who knew me knew that I was a Christian. When they put that little motto beside your name and your picture in your high school yearbook, you know, they don't ask you what you want. At least they didn't ask me when they put out my high school yearbook beside my picture. The motto they put out there was, Earth changes. But thy soul and God stand sure. And I thought that's the testimony. I'm glad that I've lived through this, through these years later, that I've held that testimony. And I had a, I had a, an organization, a church, sent some men to my high school principal and said, We wanted to give him a scholarship, a full four-year scholarship to Guilford College, Greensboro, North Carolina. It's a great school. And I asked the question, well, why do they want to do this? Do they do do this because they want me to preach in their church? And my principal said, well, that's not what they said. They said, I would assume that would be true. I don't know any other reason they would do it. They want you to become a minister. It was a society of friends, a great organization. I had no quarrel with them it's not Pentecostal. And I said, well, I I, I told him I'd think about it, and I did, and I came back in a little while, a few days later, and I told him I could not take that offer. And the reason I didn't take it, I don't know that I gave a full explanation to him on it, but the reason I couldn't take that offer was because I couldn't preach a Pentecostal message in a Quaker or Society of Friends Church, and I knew that. And what I did know was I knew that God had baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I knew that was a reality. I knew that was a part of the message that I was to preach. So I I said, I can't take it. Well, sometimes you wonder how it works out when I didn't take that. That's why I had to load old one boxes. (laughs) And more than one time, I thought maybe I should have taken that offer. But I never went back and tried to reclaim it. I just held on to where God put me. And I'm going to tell you, my friends, There's victory for you if you'll be where God puts you and you'll stand right there. You'll take your stand you'll hold that stand. Don't change the conviction that God's put in your heart. You hold on to that. Believe God. Let God do in your life what He wants to do in your life as you stand firmly for Him. And you will find what comes out of that is fullness of blessing, favor of God, and victory every time. Hallelujah. Glory to you. Stand with me, please.